As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome. The Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Really excited about today's show. I think it was two weeks ago, Nate, right? It was two weeks ago that you and I broke down the lessons that we learned from watching the best offenses in the NFL. We went through and you know watched five to ten of the best units in the league. What were the big picture takeaways? What were some things we thought could apply to the sport moving forward? Things we might see in 2021, stuff that has defined the sport over the last year or two. And we wanted to do that on the defensive side of the ball but you and I are completely unqualified to do that properly. So in order to do it the right way, we decided to have on the one, the only, Deontay Lee from PFF. Deontay, thank you very much for joining us, my friend. Um, It's an honor to be on the show. Um, Nate is in the mythical group chat of a whole bunch of (laughs) online football guys, and we always talk about, you know, trying to get on each other's show and talk about what we've seen, what we like, what we don't like in football. So I'm more than excited to be on today. I shudder to think at the slander toward me that exists on that group chat with a bunch of people who know a lot more about football than me, but I will, I digress. Somehow I will survive. So we are going to, we're not structuring it the same way with this. It's not going to be specific lessons. We really just wanted to pick your brain about some more big picture, general concepts, ideas, the tide more or less about the way the game is going. So let's start with just your general takeaways. I know you dug into a little bit of this just as a project when I told you we wanted to do this, which I sincerely appreciate. So yeah. the stuff you watched, all of the back log of information film you dug into, what were your main three or four bullet points that you came away with after watching some of the league's best defenses? Um, the most interesting thing for me is, or at least starting off, is not what's changed, but what remains the same first, because I do think that that's mm-hmm. going to inform what changes are being made and why they are. So defenses and defensive coaches still believe that playing middle of the field, closed defense with a safety in the middle of the field, playing cover three and cover one is still their best bet to stop in the run on early downs. I don't know how long of a on-ramp we're going to be looking at before we get to some of the changes we cover, maybe taking over for that coverage as a base defense, but that's still kind of what we're looking at in terms of where trends are at on first and second down. What's interesting is what kind of change ups we're getting to. And this is something that um, I kind of had my interest peaked on when I was listening to your offensive podcast you guys are talking about some of these different change-ups and curveballs that offenses are, are running while still being true to maybe like the ancestors that created these offenses, right? Mm, the, right. the fathers of the West Coast, the fathers of the Air Coriel, you know, people who are taking from these schemes and whether it's different formations or, you know, motions and things like that. So on a fundamental level, defensive coaches do still believe that cover three and a four-man pass rush is the best way to go about playing on early downs. Um, what's interesting now though, is that I think defenses are starting to become a little bit more comfortable with playing split safeties with split safeties on first and second down as well. And my guess on that is because of the threat of the bootleg, the threat of the play action and the explosive plays that offenses can get to off of their series of outside zone, the bootleg or duo to your deep seven step play action concepts. 
um, trying to create different levels of the defense to steal those over routes, those big home run posts that we see maybe three or four shots throughout a game. Um, that's probably been the most interesting thing. And the teams that are kind of at the top in terms of like EPA with run and pass defense in the past couple of years, they all are running quarters at about the same rate on early downs. So that's telling me that across the league, as guys are studying each other and trying to figure out how they can improve, it seems like everybody's kind of coming to the same answer that having to play cover four or quarter, quarter halves or cover two on early downs is a necessary evil in order to protect yourself against the threat of explosive plays on early downs, which offenses are realizing is going to be fundamental for them scoring the way that they need to score to be winning teams. Which is really interesting. And you look at just how that has dictated the last decade of NFL football, right? Nate, you and I have talked about this so often. Mm-hmm. Looking at that cover one, cover three, single high safety structures, I mean, that's a direct result of the proliferation of what was happening in Seattle. And Absolutely. that's where teams were going, and that's that's the major influence there. And then the next step from that offensively is, like Deontay mentioned, all of those deep crossers, all of the boots, all of the play action. If you look at what the McVeighs and the Shanahans and that tree that is now the most popular offensive version of football in the league is designed to do, it's designed to specifically attack those sorts of defenses. So now you have this back and forth, and now maybe we're looking at the next step of this. So Nate, what about that give and take with the single high and all those deep crossers in the play action? What about that do you think has had staying power? Why do you think offenses have been able to kind of stay one step ahead because defenses are so attached to that version of stopping the run in the way that Deontay laid out? Well, with offenses too is as West Coast became more prevalent late 90s or 90s, I should say, in 2000s when that became more of a staple for every offense as opposed to like, oh, we stole two plays. It's like now every team had 15 to 20 plays running snag and double slants and all that stuff. Not that anyone did it first, but it became more prevalent. Is defenses were like, okay, we're gonna let you get, we're gonna let you throw for sixty-seven percent, if it, you know completion percentage, but we're gonna tackle you short of the sticks. And guess what? You're gonna punt it on fourth and three. We don't care anymore. Like, okay, fine, we'll let you complete it. Like before, it was like no completions, but they became comfortable going. Okay, we'll find taking a five-yard gain when you need seven and, and making you punt because no, well now. Offenses are going forward more on fourth down, so that's a whole nother thing. Would you thing. say that's a direct – when you think about just the areas the field defenses were covering, would you say mm-hmm. that's indicative of the move from more cover two to more cover three in single high because you had two guys in the flat and now you're letting that space exist to offenses more? Yep, and uh, how also just how corners have been taught. I've seen a big kind of transition as that's going throughout the league and on lower levels. Like corner play is becoming really cool, like it really is. <laughs> but it's, I mean, really it is. It's becoming like a cool thing to do is being a good corner is just staying on top, especially in that cover three look, that three match look that, you know, Seattle, of course, made prevalent and Zimmer and Cincinnati did some stuff. But staying on top, playing with length, okay, limiting the big plays, but then understanding how the offenses can attack you. And that's why match coverages have become where people are just more comfortable doing it because they realized, well, if this guy goes in, offenses need somebody to be over the top of it. Or you know, they have to create a high-low. They have to create a smash concept on the outside. And once defenses go, well, offense can only do these couple things. All right, let's just practice against those couple things. All right, well, everyone knows the look now. And now that's why motion has become the swing back is – we're showing you this look, red snap of the ball, we changed the look on you. And that's why that's become the counter to those matchy looks. I, I'll just call it a blanket term, the matchy looks. Um, but really, it's funny, is one little tweak that I've noticed even the last few years, especially with the single high stuff, or even just what I call three buzz week. Um, I think it's just seven, six buzz, I think is the the actual proper term, but I call it three buzz week. But Explain we saw a that. lot with Sam. Yeah, so threes cover threes the safety coming down uh and he's going to be you know outside usually a, a typical cover three look he'd be covering over the slot three buzz is the safety rotating down inside of the guy going to the flat and a traditional spot drop look now the three buzz week what we saw with like san Fran's running uh, in their super bowl year it was they're rotating the guy away from the trip side and that's something i you'd see some guys run on third and long but now you're seeing more prevalent and why that became more prevalent was cuz offenses started running over routes and over routes and rather than having not everyone has bobby wagner we've laughed about that robert it was like it was really easy to have a ask your linebacker to run with a number 3 uh, speed at 3 right deontay and all of a sudden you have Absolutely. a 250 pound run linebacker running with speed at 3 like not everyone could do that. So how else can we stop these over routes that are crushing us? Okay, well, we'll have the safety rotate down and basically catch them and, and wait for the route. 
So now offenses are starting to have to have counters to that. You see the return routes. You see more sale routes that sell the over and they come back. You're seeing now the change up off of that. But now I think it's just kind of like putting these things together and writing the stuff out. We, we say the quarters look the too high look, the Fangio and Staley, what really they start in that too high shell. And then one of those safeties comes down and, and mm-hmm. you know, snap the ball. They read it blah. right into those crossers. Exactly. Correct. As opposed to predetermining, hey, this guy's rotating the ground away from trips. We're going to have other rules. So now we have two safeties that can adjust off of that. I think it's just giving themselves more flexibility to defend themselves against these plays. Because now it's like, well, the offenses are getting creative with it. We have to be flexible against that creativity. And that, and also we're going to talk about it in a little bit. I, I have plenty of notes on it, but also it's kind of cool to see what's being asked of safeties now. And mm-hmm. that's becoming such a more prevalent position in a modern defense. And I think that, you know, to your point about flexibility, again, it, it pays to go back to figure out where things are going forward. So yes. the way that you said that motion gives offense an advantage now, that to me is really just the same kind of corollary as talking about safety rotation against 21 personnel. That's where yeah. defense has had an advantage in the 80s, in the 90s, when everybody was playing with two backs and a tight end, right? I can rotate strong. I can rotate weak. I can rotate strong and inside. I can rotate weak and inside. I can roll up a corner. We can play Tampa two, whatever the case may be. You know, like there are all these options when we weren't thinking about like space as a constraint defensively because everybody was in the core of the formation in a more modern game where everybody's playing out of 11 personnel and it's not just 11 personnel. There's a dude in the slot or there's a dude at Y, you know, your best receiver in the slot at times. I mean, that's that's the stuff you have to worry about now that changes the calculations defensively. So to that point, now there has to be more in the playbook from a coverage perspective. If you do play at Kansas city and they are an extreme example, but I think that they're the most indicative of where football is at right now. Yes. When, when number 10 is in the slot, you know, and he's <laughs> on the ball, you better have an answer, you know, yeah, you better have an answer. And so to that point of the six week buzz or playing quarters, which buys you a little bit of disguise, just trying to buy some of that changing of the picture and some of that unpredictability back from the offense. So that way they can't just line up and tell you what you can and can't play. But, and this is also, this is what it's so cool is coverages are becoming, I wouldn't even say sophisticated, but more sound and just having rules with everything, but it is a little more sophisticated, I guess. But it's, Deontay, when you're in college too, remember every drawing that you saw on install was against a fullback, a tight end, a 21 personnel, every drawing was just base offense. And then now base offense is, you know, two by two, three by one, it's more spread stuff. And really the guys that were starting to realize that had an advantage and going, so the offenses were, okay, we're just going to spread it out. We'll just, okay, we'll go spread. You guys don't have as many rules against that. You have a hundred rules against I formation, but not so much against two by two. Okay. Now defenses came up with their rules. Now offenses are going, okay, Legion of Boom is smoking every curl curl flat we run. Legion of Boom is smoking every four verts concept. Legion of Boom is smoke every th- cover three barrier you could think of. Legion of Boom is ready for it. So now it's like, all right, well, shit. How do we <laughs> how do we attack this in a different way? It's either going heavy, like uh, that's why some of the Shanahan Kubiak offenses have been, you know, pretty good these last few years, is they can do a lot of stuff out of heavier personnel, twenty one and twelve, and make the defenses be more vanilla. And go back to that day one install stuff as as opposed to all the fancy fun stuff that they have versus spread. So it's funny, like you said, it going back to offense too is going back to the roots of football is sometimes is how you find the answer. It's like, what was the original beaters? What was the original stuff that gave you guys fits? But it's like, it's just the chess match that goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth constantly. All right, let's bring this back down for the idiot in the room, which is me. (laughs) So let's, on its simplest level, let's talk about the transition to more quarters coverage on first down. Because like you said, Deontay, some of the numbers are jarring. If you look at what we would call some of the best defenses in the league from last year, I think the Rams are that. Best coach defenses, I think the Niners are absolutely that. Those teams were at the top of the league in quarters coverage on first and second down. It was about 200 snaps on the season. It was about one quarter of their total first down snaps, first and second down. Uh, the the Browns were also there, which makes a ton of sense because Joe Woods came from San Francisco where he was with Salah the year before. So why do you think, outside of some of the disguise stuff we talked about and the layers of complexity it adds, why do you think more quarters on early downs make sense even if teams are using it as a way to stop the run? I think it's really the threat of the boot pass that has changed the way that defensive coaches are thinking about stopping the run. 
So when you think about like your Shanahan, you know, outside zone to bootleg when you're running that Y cross or Y over concept um, and not to try to get too deep in the weeds here, but in cover three, the way that you would respond to that or the reason why you play cover three the way you do is because it creates certain layers in the defense, right? You have your pass rush, you have your underneath defenders and you have your over the top defenders. Mm-hmm. It play action. What that does is brings your underneath defenders to the same level as a pass rush, right? So you're manufacturing space. That's where all those Y cross concepts off of play action can be as deadly as they are. You can see that. You can see the linebacker stepping up. You can see the voids created behind them. It's so easy to picture. Exactly. So now the trade-off on the defensive end is cover three is better for stopping outside zone because you have curl flat defenders on the outside of either side of the formation, right? There are people who are close to the line of scrimmage who can force the ball back inside. You make your tackle at or near the line of scrimmage. Everything's good. But now I think defensive coaches are more comfortable with, hey, if it's four and a half yards on first down for outside zone to protect me against the threat of a 22-yard gain on a bootleg pass, then that's what it's got to be. Because now when you get bootlegs, because it's four deep defenders, that safety on the opposite side of the crosser has better vision. Like It's really just as simple as what I can and can't see. If Mm -hmm. I'm right near the line of scrimmage, I don't have the same kind of vision on routes that are running behind me, right? I don't have an advantage in terms of body positioning. At safety in cover four, I might actually be able to see that get in front of it, you know, and be able to take that route away and change the progression for the quarterback. So, you know, and I kind of try to rack my brain around it because sometimes I fall victim to not just taking the philosophy of Occam's razor, right? Where the simplest answer (laughs) is typically what it is, but the more of the tape that you watch, you know, that's really as simple as it gets. You know, teams that play more cover four on early downs, they do give up more yards against outside zone, but you don't see as big of a percentage of them giving up like explosive plays and like the depth of target shrinks in play action passes because they're playing cover four. And that's, I mean, that's what Brandon Staley said to me in December at the very simplest level. It's like, if the game is about limiting explosive plays, wouldn't it make more sense to limit explosive pass plays? Because think about it structurally again, right? If you're playing cover four and you have that safety that would typically be down in the box playing three, four or five yards deeper, when he steps up against play action, he's stepping into those crossing routes rather than stepping up into the line of scrimmage. So it makes total sense. Nate, you have been around coaches for a long time, and we obviously know that some of this cover four too deep stuff on rundowns has worked. It's worked for Fangio, but it never took hold. Now it's worked for Staley, and it does feel like that proliferation is happening, right? We have Sean Desai is now a Fangio disciple who's taking over as defensive coordinator in Chicago. Joe Barry, who came from L.A., is now the defensive coordinator for the Packers. That tree has now started to spread in a way that it didn't when Fangio was at the center of it. Why do you think the coaching community and defensive coaches in general have been slow to adopt some of these ideas, even if there has been proof of concept in what Vic Fangio's defenses have done over the last few years? Coaches are just slow to it. <laughs> I mean, but it, I think a lot of it is, is they have to just see more than one team do it. It's this weird, weird thing. There, if, if one team does it, it's an outlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, otherwise, everyone would have copied Mike Shanahan uh, for years right after he came in, and Alex Gibbs when they were in the Broncos tearing it up. And it's like, okay. And then Kubiak comes along. It's like, okay, maybe it does work for more than one team. Maybe, okay, but Kubiak's a Shanahan guy. So it's just because he's uh, 100%. Okay, but then those guys proliferate around the league and they realize more of those assistants get around. Maybe the head guy isn't, uh, like that stuff is a little more flexible. The rules, because everyone, we know coaches, they're very, they try to be tight-knit, but then really they like to gossip on the side or talk on the side. It's the funniest thing in the world. But it's, I think it's a lot of times is they, they get a little loose lipped and as stuff becomes like, Hey, the rules of that, why we did it. They want to talk about uh, all of a sudden the stuff comes around once three, four five years down the road, people, you know, Saban's match defense. No one knew what the hell that was 10, 12 years ago. I always, they knew what it was, but you didn't have the rules of it. Now everyone knows the rules of it. No, I'm not trying to like dog or anything, but the rules are out there. The, the drawings are out there. There's people talking about, it. there's people giving clinics on it. And I think sometimes it's just people have to hear it rather than just one guy saying it and one team seeing it is that, they really do. I think it's just a human element thing, but also I think it's now defenses were getting a little desperate. They're going, okay, it's swung back in a big way. Offenses swung back hard. And I think they're like, Oh shit, we got, we can't run. No, we got to do something. We got to do something. We, okay. Yeah. We can get the third down and run some cool blitz packages, 
but what the hell is happening on first and second down? Like yeah, we, you you're know, averaging nine yards per attempt on yeah. first down. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And every third down is third and three. Like you're not going to have a great blitz on third and three. And teams are going for a fourth down now. So it's, those yeah. are now rundowns so on third think, and three. And then what happens? Who's number one right now? Okay, this. Who has done a good job the last few years? Fans. Okay, maybe maybe there's something to it. Maybe there is something. And then you start asking yourself. People start self-scouting, opponent scouting. And I think it just goes from that. And also, you know, like, it's funny what uh, Deontay was saying about, like, you know, the, or both of you guys have been saying, but also how they're making, forcing offenses to just be efficient as opposed to explosive. And it's so funny because, again, this all goes in cycles. And that's what some of the Legion of Boom stuff that, that, big three match stuff was was there like not every quarterback's going to check it down we're, we're fine giving up the six yard gain to the running back every down and, and you talk to any of those guys they all they would say is the worst quarterback that they could play against was philip rivers because he was the one guy that was willing to do it the entire field <laughs> every drive he was willing to check it down and hit the tight end and that was the thing is quarterbacks get bored they want to take shots and that was their philosophy on it we're going to put our best corner to the right side or the quarterback's right side. We're going to put the best pass rusher against the right tackle. Hey, we're going to play against the offensive tropes. And then the offense has finally figured it out. And now the defenses have to adjust again. And I think this is what we're seeing right now is defenses kind of taking some ideas they already have, but just tweaking it a little bit, like we say, coming from depth as opposed to maybe having a guy in the box already. And I think to add to that, again, it is as simple as, you know, the, the game of football, especially at the professional level, is never about, you know, being ahead of whatever the curve is. We're mm-hmm. always reacting, right? It's always yeah. a reactive game. And mm-hmm. for me, you know, that's why I think, you know, when you look at how Belichick defended um, the Rams in the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden three or four teams, three, four or five teams the next year, they're breaking up yep. the same kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, when you look at Staley and Fangio, they're working in divisions where you're seeing the offenses that are starting to spread around the rest of the league, which is why now you're seeing more guys trying to poach off of that staff. You know, that I really do think that sometimes it is as simple as that. It's just spread now to a point where I think the rest of defensive coaches are looking around and saying, this is more than just some niche thing. Do the Rams have some special personnel? Obviously, but you know, on, on the other end, they do things that give guys problems. Kyle Shanahan has to change the way he calls offense when he's dealing with that type of defense. Um, Sean McVay has to change the way he calls offense when he's dealing with that type of defense. And you guys covered a lot of those changes up in the offensive episode, but that really is what it is. If you ask any defensive coordinator, if they felt that they could live and cover one all day, that's what they do. That's what they do. (laughs) That's what they do. Everybody is looking for the path of least resistance. What is the most straight line I can take to being successful? You know, and right now it looks like, changing the math in terms of where we're making our invest. I say we, like I work in the NFL, but where NFL coaches, you're a defensive guy. You can claim you're part of it. (laughs) I I I trust you. I slip, but that's, (laughs) we're just, I think it's really just a change in the investment the same way that on the offensive end, it's not about having a thousand different concepts right now. It's about having a handful and having a thousand different ways to present it. Correct. You know, so two little really, wrinkles off that for your three or four expe- explosive so plays a, the game. Such a good point, and and also like the the little tweaks that maybe they can do, like even watching the Rams defense is just a little one the one e pressures that they run, the little single linebacker dog up the middle. We're getting into that. They, we're getting into that. Don't okay, get ahead of my to, outline. Okay, I, I won't get out of the outline, but okay, I'll, I'll put a pin in that. But I was going to say, it's just that's just like an offense, just tweaking up a simple look, the same look, and just also make the other team adjust uh, somewhere they didn't think they had to. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers 
with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. I want to get into some of the pressure stuff and the third down stuff here in a second. Before we do that, okay. though, let's talk about Deontay, because you mentioned it, it's these things are reactionary and you have to see the concept and have it be proven out. One of the th- and coaches are instinctual beings, as, as all of us are, right? One of the reasons that teams want to play these single high structures on early downs is because in their minds, we need this many guys to fit the run and make us sound against the run. And one of the things that the Rams showed last year is that you can survive in light boxes and play the run if you're going to do some of this funky front stuff. And yep. the way that Staley explained it to me, the way that we've seen it in practice is that you want to muddy up the front. And you could do that a bunch of different ways, right? We've talked about the tight front stuff on this show a bunch where you have three interior defensive linemen within the tackles. It makes double teams much more difficult. We talked about how you can slant the front certain ways in order to muddy that up. So what do you think are the most translatable and replicable front bits of front trickery, we'll call them, that will allow teams to live in some of these light boxes if that is something that becomes more popular here over the next year or two. I think that the what's going to make it most palatable to defensive coaches who want to stay sound against the run is when you watch the Rams, what they're doing is creating base fronts with their safeties. It's just it's a base run fit. We're just using yep. safeties to create, you know, to complete the front. It's kind of the way that I think about it. So they'll be in like three, three, five personnel, right? Where they have three down linemen, they have what looks like a three, four in the box. And then your nickel, you know, corner, whether it's Jalen Ramsey or they're using a safety out there. And that's the type, type mint stuff, right? Exactly. And then on the run action, you see a safety come out of the roof. So, but they're playing cover four. If it were just drop back pass, that guy would stay deep in his zone or zone match coverage. Mm -hmm. So it's that willingness to be able to insert safeties. And to your point, Robert, at the beginning of the podcast, you're talking about the way that we're changing these skill sets and what we're asking of guys at different positions. So that's really what's changing in the NFL. And that goes back to the point I was making about adding layers to your defense. Um, you know, and this is, I, I watched a clinic um, from Kirby Smart at the University of Georgia, their head coach, and he was talking about the same thing, right? Because one thing you'll see from like those saving tree guys is they'll have like a four, one box. So four down linemen, one linebacker stacked over the back and to your mind's eye, just looking at that, you know, if you have any information on the way the offense is run, you should be able to say, hey, we should be able to run for six and a half, seven yards every time against that. That's exactly what you want them to think. That's the exactly. coolest part about mm-hmm. this is that you're exactly. playing into their Bait instincts them. and their nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're doing these things with defensive linemen where they're playing like a gap and a half where yep. they're still being aggressive like it's cover three, where defensive linemen are looking to get up the field. So it's not a true two gap scheme. But at the last second, they're able to read the intention of the running back and be able to slide their body into the next gap inside. So to your point of muddying up the front, you do that. So now there's not the same kind of airspace. Running backs have to stop their feet. And at that point now, that safety that was 10 to 12 yards deep is now six, seven yards away at linebacker depth, basically. And now he can add in and help you out in the run fit. Or your nickel, who's an overhang out by the slot, now he's back in the box because the run has been declared. So it's just changing the timing. Whereas, you know, the last era of Legion of Boom and cover three and cover one, what you would see against the run is every defender at the box at the line of scrimmage, basically as quickly as possible. Yep. Right. And it leads to a lot of negative plays, which can be an exciting form of football. But as we were saying earlier, you do expose yourself to the threat of explosive passes off of play action. Right. And there's less margin for error if you mess up in the run fit. The way that it is now, the trade off is, hey, maybe the offense looks efficient because they're gaining three and a half, four and a half yards per attempt. But they're not generating those explosive plays as a result because we're keeping the depth that we need in the defense. So the way I'm thinking about this 
is is two specific types of positions that become super, super important in comparison to the way we would use to think about them. You need guys up front that are able to, one, that are just a different paradigm of player, right? A guy that's not necessarily a quick penetrator, but somebody who can hold up and play that gap in a half. I'm looking at the Michael Brockers of the world and even like the Sebastian Joseph days on the Rams last year. We're going to use them as the example, right? And then on the back end, that John Johnson type who is a really good diagnoser, who can play Mm -hmm. a little bit of linebacker if you need him to, those two archetypes of players almost become more important than they've been. With the run stuffer, you can find that guy. That's a coaching point more than it is a profile, physical profile of a guy. But that safety, it feels like that kind of queen on the chessboard that you didn't used to need before, Nate, becomes really, really important. And finding those guys becomes an interesting little journey and an interesting yeah. little treasure hunt for a lot of the teams trying to run this type of defense. That's been one of my favorite things to watch with these kind of this last year or so is seeing how the safety position has become so much more valuable. Really, it is. And I think it's going to be a position that that's becoming more of the quarterback of the defense. Like I am, I, I think it's already happening a little bit. I know there's one or two instances, but the green dot, you know, who gets the play calls from the, the defensive coordinator I think that's going to become the safety now. I really do. I think that safety position is going to have to be that high IQ dude now. It's not just going to be the rangy top guy or the big box safety anymore. You're going to need two guys that can kind of do it all. And I always, I, I just use the term, but two-way safety. And that's that's my highest compliment I can give to a guy. Um, but that's where I just think that's just going to slowly, as it's a passing league, makes sense. So let's get it out of the mic who might be off the down on, or off the field on third down because he can't cover anybody. Let's give it to the guy that's going to be there all three downs or four downs now. And also is going to have a say because that, that defense is just going to be more top down with everything. Top down how they read it. Top down how they look at it. Top down how they fill everything as opposed to the middle having to do up and down if that makes sense, and then intermediate defenders. And what you guys are saying about stealing the gaps and stuff, that was, I mean, honestly, that's the hardest part with that Rams defense is that you look at it and you're like, that is a juicy run look right there. There are only five guys in the box. Oh, baby, let's do it. Zone it up. Let's go. Let's wad this up and let's shoot it. Let's find a gap and shoot. And it was like, to your gain. Even not, they weren't even like letting them get five yard gains or two yard gain, three yard gain. Like just, and you could tell offenses get frustrated because they would repeat calls <laughs> and run the same thing the next play. Going, no, it's there. You could tell, I could hear the line coach going, it's there. Just the left guard's got to hold his block, one block. And then it's like, yeah, but it didn't work. So, um, but that is something too is I playing in the Big Ten, we played whole bunch against a whole bunch of quarters because that's just that was just the staple defense of the Big Ten for a while when I was there in the late 2000 uh the aughts uh but with that it was like you were always trying to put the safety in a bind so it's always gonna it's gonna be really funny because you as you know Deontay too is that in a quarter safety what they have to do in coverage sometimes they have to drive on a dig they have to drive on something underneath and now you're you're going to see a lot more of the concepts with a lot of dig posts because you're trying to get one safety to drive and you're going to try to hit the post over the top. And that's something we're going to see more mills as, as most guys call it, but a version of that type of stuff. And it's kind of cool to see, like you said, the archetypes is that safety now has to be aware of that. You have to be aware of the weaknesses. The Legion of boom was used to curl flats. Now I want to see what the next step is with these defenses going like how we pass that off. How do we, what's the next rule for them? And also just the player types too. I think it's kind of a twofold thing. Is it's becoming just a more athletic sport or just a faster sport. Guys can be smaller playing inside a linebacker and also at O line. Yet to be guard, you can be a three hundred and seven pound guard now. You don't have to be three thirty gap plugging guard. That's why we see more outside zone teams. And why more teams can be outside zone teams is because defenses are getting lighter and faster. So now you don't have to worry about your three hundred pound guard getting blown up every down. By some plugging linebacker, or some plugging, you know, some D tackle or two noses basically up front that are just going to blow you up. Defenses get lighter. Offenses now have the ability to go lighter or run more quote unquote finesse stuff. I just think that kind of that stuff's really cool. I, I think more defenses are going to really look more into it's going to be a lot of like bodies. It's going to look like a bunch of wings on a, on a basketball court where, you know, it's interchangeable. Like we saw with Dean Peace two years ago. We've talked about this a little bit, Robert. It's, we're going to see more of that, like especially in blitz packages. I know we're going to talk about it in a sec, but especially just on base downs, just having a lot of like bodies. You have your D tackle and then a bunch of guys that are 230, 250 pound range with movement and speed. If you're going to run this stuff, 
and you want to run coverage stuff where you have guys at the line of scrimmage and have to get all the way out, they have to be athletic and run. <laughs> and that's why we're going to just see more and more and more of these linebackers and a lot more of these smart safeties and fast linebackers as opposed to a smart linebacker and a fast safety. So let me let me take that a step further, though. Up front, it almost feels like you'd want to be bigger than right. your than your first thought would lead you to because mm-hmm. where we used to live in a world where it's a lot of just one gap penetrating stuff we have these 250 pound defensive ends these 285 pound defensive tackles now you can live with a 290 pound defensive end that's not necessarily the best pass rusher because mm-hmm. his ability to control bodies plug gaps in the run game and everything else now almost becomes not more important but the ratio of pass to run shifts a little bit. Would you say that's fair, Deontay, that we're going to see more bigger defensive linemen, more bigger defensive lines, period, because having those penetrators maybe isn't the most important thing? Absolutely. I was going to say, uh, I don't want to jump in front of Nate, but what I was going to say is that the body archetypes at all these positions defensively are changing. So like the Saints, for example, they are another team that play a lot of cover four on early downs. And when you think about, you know, at the safety position, Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins, you know, on size and ability, those guys can be anywhere on the football field mm-hmm. you know, on a given snap. And I think that that's where we're trending both on the front end and on the perimeter. You know, so I do think that now what we may see are more defenses that are willing to say, hey, if we just get one good pass rusher and everybody else is just a beefy guy who can eat up gaps, we'll live with that. Because to your point with pressure, we'll find other ways to be able to generate looks where we can speed up a quarterback. You know, we'll use our speed guys. Now we have a guy that instead of being a 245 pound Sam backer, that's a 215 pound, you know, safety, nickel safety or a slot corner who's 200 pounds and runs a four three. You know, the timing is going to be different now. If We scheme this up right. We can get free runners. And that that is where I think the game is going. So while we are still kind of in a four down world, I do think that body types are going to change. Um, It's not going to be guys looking for an Aaron Donald or a prime Fletcher Cox to play the three technique. It's just going to be a guy who can eat up a guard and play a gap and a half. Like I said, the ability to stand in the B gap and still have body presence in the A gap if I absolutely have to do so. And it, it makes sense when you say the fronts being more of a three, three, five personnel, it, that's really just a sub package three, four. And it makes sense. What, what do you picture the front three in a three, four? big two gap and run pluggers. So it actually kind of makes sense that the nickel version or the sub version of that, the three, three, five type mint stuff, is going to have similar type of bodies, maybe just a little half tier down to maybe that traditional nineties, three, four Blitzburg style. But it's like that, it makes sense. And it, it's kind of cool, but, but that's the thing is all those like really good teams, those three, four teams, they usually had one outside linebacker that was pretty damn good as a pass rusher, <laughs> the James Harrison's or, you know, LT, you know, <laughs> Um, so usually you still have that OLB that can make, or as we call it, edge now. But yeah, same concept. All right. So let's get into the pressure third down stuff that Nate can't help himself about. So <laughs> when you, so with this, we've talked all about early downs here, but like you and I were talking about bef- before we started recording, Deontay, on third down in these pass heavy looks, that's when you truly know what a defense wants to be because that's how they want to defend the pass. So when you were looking at some of these third down, trends third down little tips that you picked up what were your general takeaways about where the game might be going on third down where defenses are becoming most efficient in those situations funnily enough i actually think that we will still see something that's pretty resemblant of what we've seen in football up to this point because i do think that defensive coaches still believe the most valuable way to stop the pass is to pressure the quarterback Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. We will have, obviously, you know, as game plans come up, you know, or specific, you know, opponents, if you're playing a Patrick Mahomes, you probably do want to play more in coverage than you do a pass rush, you know, just because of how you can be punished by their receiving core and his ability to get the ball out fast. But all things remaining equal, I think we will still see an NFL that is heavy on man coverage, and we're just going to see a plethora of different, like, pressure patterns. And now, because we're playing with more coverage bodies – out on the perimeter, the possibilities in terms of pressure are going way up because, you know, that's something that I really liked when I was watching Steve Spagnuolo coach the Chiefs defense throughout mm-hmm. the year. It's like he would get into these six, seven DB looks, but he's running cover zero blitzes mm-hmm. and it causes the exact same problems for an offense because you're overloaded and they actually have the coverage bodies to create the same kinds of issues that they would a nickel team just bringing maybe one backer and playing a fire zone. They can actually make an even 
a bigger investment into getting pressure without it coming at the expense of coverage. The Ravens do a good job of this as well. They've got sub packages, you know, out the ass and they will run <laughs> as many different cover zero blitzes as you can think of, you know, for the same reason, because the investment is worth it. They're not costing themselves in coverage, you know, and that I think that also ties into the conversation we're having about archetypes and who you want in what spots, because defenses are becoming more coverage oriented on third downs. Now it's not going to be about, Hey, let's maximize our zone coverage. Let's just think about, matching up with these patterns. Now it's going to be, hey, my safety is 195 pounds and he does run a 4-4. And is he perfect against the slot? No, but he's close enough that if I can speed up this quarterback's process from 2.8 seconds to 2.1, that can be the difference in, you know, a completion for a first down and a sack or a sack strip or an incomplete pass. So that's really kind of where I think that the game is going. We're just going to see a newer form of generating pressure that's not just, hey, two edges, maybe we've got a winning three technique or we'll we'll bring one edge inside and add our third pass rusher out on the edge and we're going to try to create one-on-ones up front and stay as heavy in coverage and play two-man and all that type of stuff. There's a place for it, but more often than not, I think what we'll see is cover one, we're going to man up across the board and we'll make sure we have enough coverage bodies to where our entire pressure package is available to us without it coming at the cost of explosive passes. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because going back and watching a lot of those teams over the last couple of days, Baltimore, New Orleans does really fun stuff too because yes. what they do, I, I really enjoyed watching what they do because with Baltimore, you have all of these just creepers, seven guys along the line of scrimmage, who knows how, who the hell is coming. <laughs> New Orleans yeah. has a version of that, but they play with a three-man front, which you would think that doesn't show an investment into pass rush. But they walk two linebackers up. So even in their mm-hmm. sub packages, rather than taking a linebacker off the field, they take a defensive lineman off the field. Right. Because when those two guys w- walked up into the A-gap, you don't know who's coming. So it's all about unpredictability at this point. And you have so many of these teams with those creeper looks, with these pressure looks, you have no idea what's happening. I think the world of we're bringing – remember how there was all that talk about bringing four and being able to rush with four is the most important thing. If you can rush with mm-hmm. four – that's how you're going to be able to stop some of these guys. I think, Nate, those days are done. Even if you are you have four pass rushers, I think the best teams are bringing five a lot of the time on third down. And I don't think we're ever going to see a team just line up four guys. These are the gaps they're lined up in. That's where they're coming. Every single yeah. one of these teams, crazy stunts, crazy different blitzes, crazy twists. I think that sort of creativity up front is where you're going to have to go to survive on third down no matter what you play behind it. Absolutely. You guys have both touched on it, but like even with the Ravens, like they're using that aggression. They're just, it's like raising a guy in poker. You're making them make the, the bet, making them make the decision, making, mm-hmm. putting all the pressure on them. Spags does this fantastic way. I'm glad, you know, Deontay brought him up too, because it's just, they're making, not everyone has the perfect quarterback. Okay. Say so you do have a perfect quarterback. Not everyone has the best protection. Okay. Say so you do have good protection. Now everyone has the best scheme. Okay. So now they're forcing you to be right. And not everyone, as we know, not everyone's right every single snap. And they're saying, hey, if you are right, you got us. Good job. Like, okay, we're, we're going to bring it right back at you and throw a fastball at you. Because really, and that's what we talked about the other day was that's why you need a quarterback and get you a bucket because not everything's going to be mm-hmm. perfect because sometimes that is what messes more than anything up is you're on these blitz pressures or, or, or simulated pressures or blitzes, match coverage even. Defenses have a clock in their head too. And they, I mean, you know, Deontay, like if you're a corner, you know, at certain yardages to look for the ball and then it's like, okay, scramble drill rules, you know, like you have a time, a clock in your head as well. So if you get a quarterback that can create it, you know, screws everything up because all of a sudden it's like, oh, sh- oh, 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 wait, uh, uh, that route, that's not the route distribution they run, but yeah, because it's scramble rules, you know, that's what happens. And that's where I was, uh, I was talking to was those like body things. The, the DMP stuff is just, you guys nailed it. It's just, it, it creates edginess for the offense. What you're trying to do with pressures, I know as an offensive guy, is if we can't get all of our eligibles out, if we have a six-man protection, the five offensive line, the running back, and that running back is wasted when he doesn't have to be wasted, or that running back ends up on a D end and as opposed to a blitzing linebacker or safety. And you know, offenses, a lot of their rules are on like bodies, just as defenses are. You're going to have a safety match with a tight end. Corner is going to be with a corner. You know, a linebacker or a safety is going to be with a running back, like bodies. 
Same thing for protections. We have offenses have their own rules. We, I just did what Deontay did. We, <laughs> we have our own rules. Um, but if we're looking at this stuff, I know if I'm just watching nickel defense versus my 11 personnel, I know, okay, the safety is going to be on the wide tight end. That linebacker is going to be on the running back. We're good. Corner on corner, corner on corner. Say you have seven DBs there. Okay, so who's covering the Y? <laughs> who's covering the running back? Unless we're empty and we make them declare, and that's another reason why motion is so important because offenses are getting more comfortable running more vertical concepts with five-man protection because you're getting all the eligibles out. Rather than just creating edginess and like guessing, like hoping that our, you know, our prep was really, really good this week, let's just get them all out and let our awesome quarterback make an answer, find an answer. That is what offenses are starting to do because they're saying defenses are making us waste a running back or getting the running back on a guy or they're overloading a side and it's three, you know, you have the left guard and the left tackle just blocking to air. Like they're getting so much better at doing that. Deontay has bounced blitz off the ideas off of me when he's like, that's why I always hate when teams offenses full slide sometimes because you waste a tight end and a running back and it might just be five guys blitzing and it's like, oh, or bringing pressure. And it's like, oh, now we have two guys that are wasted. They're just hanging out the back there. And that's why I always get on cliff all the time with the Cardinals. That's a whole other thing. It's like, it's like, I have like a Joe DiMaggio, I think uh, uh street going on where I either take a knock at Drew Locke or Cliff Kingsbury on this podcast. <laughs> I think, I think I have a list. I mean, I, one of them gets hit every single time I'm on this podcast. I'm so sorry, but it's, that's the same thing is that's why it's so important. And that's what an aggressive defense does. It goes, you have to be perfect or your quarterback has to be perfect. And not every team has that on every third down or every pressure look. I mean, and I think it's it's funny you bring that up because what I what I thought about before we entered this era of using these sub-personnel packages to create pressure, the first thing I thought about was what the Seahawks used to do during the Legion of Boom era, where it was Cliff Averill as on a one-on-one, and we load yep. up three defensive linemen on the opposite Games. side. And I'm that, and now the defense <laughs> is telling you where you are sliding your protection because there's absolutely no way you can slide away from the overloaded side. Otherwise yep. your your quarterback is going to be eating grass, you know? Yep. So, and that was, that's a great way to manufacture the matchups you want. And now we're looking at an era of, Hey, let's play more coverage. There's more space in the game, better receivers in the slot now, better mm-hmm. tight ends now. And quarterbacks are so proficient at being able to fit balls into tighter windows than they used to be. Um, you know, there has to be a way for a defense to dictate to the offense what is and isn't available to them. So as Nate said, keeping the running back in protection, that's like for me as a coach, that's always priority number one on mm-hmm. obvious passing downs. Can I shrink the amount of people that I know are out in the route? If I can do that, then I know that that gives me a better chance to survive. Then from there, it's where can you manufacture the one on one in the pass rush? And now, because body types are changing, and I think that protections on the NFL level are becoming a little bit more static, um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier for the defense to say, hey, when we get obvious passing downs, I know if I go to your point, Robert, where it's 335 personnel or 326 personnel, and you got two guys, two defensive linemen standing in the C gap, two guards or two guards being covered by inside linebackers in a nose, and I make it look like we're either playing cover zero or two man you're going to protect that a certain way. And if I fire, if I fire the nickel or dime player at the right time with the right pressure pattern, I might get my 275 pound defensive end running down the chest of your running back, you know, or I might get an unblocked guy. And even if I don't, the investment doesn't kill me, as I said, because I know that I've still got the coverage bodies. We're not just sending seven, right? I'm just peeling off everybody, you know, after the quarterback. It's like targeted, you know, targeted missiles. That's really what I, the way I like to think about it. So it's interesting to me because we talk about, like you said, Deontay, they, pressure is important. And the idea of pressure and getting pressure will always be king in those situations. The Ravens are a great example. The Saints send a lot of pressure. Some of the best defenses in the league. Miami, you know, the, the Patriots play a lot of man on the, in those situations. But there's a difference between valuing pressure and valuing the players who used to create pressure in your mind. So it almost feels like the conversation we had about early downs, the conversation we're having about these situations. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nate, do you think pure pass rushers, those 260-pound guys that were paying $25 million a year to get after the quarterback, do you think that is an antiquated way to think about resources if pressure is going to be a more by-committee choice, even if the importance of it has not shrunk? And we're talking about only having one edge rusher on the field and early one at a time. It's, just, it's coming from two well, different directions. I mean, when we did our non-quarterback draft, it is telling when you go like who would be willing to draft either the young guys or the heavy contract guys, but really stars. It's like, I mean, there's less less elite pass rushers than there are elite quarterbacks <laughs> or am I about the same. That's how we have to look at it. It's like that's that's how hard it is to find an elite pass rusher or a very good one. It's just like quarterbacks. I mean, it's really hard to find those guys. I think it's always going to be the guy you're looking for. But I think what now is those guys that we threw away. At the beginning, the push the pocket guys, the guys that are just, oh, he's a bull rush only guy. I think now those guys have now their value has raised as opposed to the Bendy Ash guys or like that's always going to be the guy we're looking for, looking for, looking for. But now it's more like, hey, this 270 pound tweener that we don't know if it's a three tech or, you know, an out an end. Well, we could just have him line up over the guard or line up for the right tackle and just push the pocket, which is something that Bill Belichick has done for years and years and years. Totally. Because what he what he has done is what his philosophy is, and it's there's some similarities. I mean, it's there it's very funny how the hybrid ideas, you know, cross pollination is his idea was our coverage, our double coverage, we're gonna take away your number one option, boom. Everyone else is manned up. We're gonna make the quarterback double clutch the ball. He can't just get it off on the back foot of his drop, and that pocket's going to be so pushed in on you that all of a sudden it's like, oh, shoot, and then you can't throw it clean, or your feet aren't set. They're just making the throws harder and harder, and I think it's kind of the similar type of thinking. I think those types of guys, everyone's going like, yeah, it's actually not that bad. Like, okay, maybe we didn't think this guy was – we didn't. this guy's not going to be a 10-sack guy, but four and a half, five and a half sacks isn't too bad when we have four of them getting, you know, five, six sacks. Like, and we have a lot of those kind of tweener types. I think those guys are getting a little more value now where it's like, we have a spot for him now. I think by in prior years, it was like, I don't know where I'm going to play this guy. Well, I think about, let's think about two different types of two different teams and the players on those teams, right? If you look at the saints and the defensive ends, the types of defensive ends they value, it is those guys on the bigger side. Cam Jordan, mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson played that way, even if he might've been 10 pounds lighter. And then think about Baltimore. Think about yep. how many 270-pound, exactly. even off-ball guys the Ravens play with. Matt Judon, Zadarius Smith, I think those are perfect examples. So it's so interesting. I mean, And that yep. goes to, all right, then if we're not going to – because those guys, let's think about Judon, Zadarius Smith, because they're tweeners, they fall in the draft. So then are we going to spend more premium resources on guys on the back end? Every single little bit of give and take – leads to another consideration here. But a couple of these teams aren't really that man heavy compared to the rest of the league on third down. And they aren't bringing as much exotic pressure. Teams like Washington, teams like the Rams. Are there takeaways that we can find from those teams and that group that you think could inform what defenses are doing on third down moving forward? I think that, and this is actually interesting, um, before we did this, before we started this podcast, I was actually speaking with Brandon Staley for I know you were. podcast. Um, and <laughs> before we started, it. you know, obviously, you know, I wanted to try to be, we want to try to be mindful of, you know, not asking him to divulge too much information. So before we started the podcast, one thing that I did ask that I felt like he'd be comfortable with me sharing is why play something like cover, when it's three by one, why play cover two over the cover or the trip side and play cover four on the single receiver side. And his idea was Six you want to try to be five over yeah. three as often as possible. And that really struck me, you know, on the NFL, at the NFL level, even with the personnel that he had that is available to him with LA, he was thinking, I don't want guys in one-on-one scenarios if I can help it, or I want to mitigate one-on-ones as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So whether you're 
from the Belichick school where the idea is, hey, we're still going to play man, but now we're going to double your best. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I'll toggle with personnel. So my best corner is on your number two or your number three wide receiver. And then we're doubling the other guys and constricting airspace that way. Or you're going it, going at it at the more kind of zone, Staley Fangio type of approach where it's we're just going to flood the area as much as possible. We're not thinking so much about pressure. What we're going to do is make your quarterback, like you said, we're going to pat the ball, pat the ball, pat the ball. Yep. And I'm going to see what kind of quarterback you actually are under that type of duress. Yes. Are you able to go from alert to one, to two, to three, to check yep. down? If you extend, are you actually able to extend and then fit the ball into a tight window once my coverage defenders start finding receivers to get matched up to? So that, you know, if you're not pressuring, that's probably what we're going to see is maybe teams looking for, you know, they'll always be looking for that number one corner who can live in one-on-one -on -one coverage. But it's not necessarily just to say, hey, we want to play cover three and we've got a lockdown corner. You know, so now my yeah. middle of field safety can shade to my weaker corner. It's more yeah. of we'll live a one on one and we're actually just going to over just over invest in creating as many tight windows as possible zone coverage. And if you want to extend, you can. But don't think that just because you're extending the play that you're going to be finding a wide open guy right streaking across the middle of the field. That's probably yeah. not going to happen. It's, it's, it's so much like basketball, isn't it? It's just like, yes. it really is like if you, it's like a two, three zone or one, three, one trap, really, it's just flooded with arms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the quarterback, the quarterback, you expect certain lanes. You, you have to anticipate you really, it's such a bizarre thing to say, but it's like, you're not seeing everything when you throw a football. And all of a sudden, right. if I see two arms where I'm about to throw that dig or two arms where I'm about to throw that seam bender or two sets of arms, I should say. Ah, check it down. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I unless you know I'm a baller and there's some guys that can do it. Like they have they they go, okay, I watch them. Okay, no, I'm good. I can still rip that throw. There's a lot of guys though that are like, oosh, okay, okay, double clutch and you know, check it down. And also, like you see, and we've talked about this, Robert too, we see more of the four strong concepts that are coming. Having this defense that is so adjustable, rather than have one guy rotated down, oh shoot, we got to rotate back. Everyone just kind of pushes. And you just you just see the whole defense kind of push over. No one really has to adjust that much because it's like, hey, we still flooded the zone. They're trying to flood us, but we're already flooded. So okay, we're good. Like you now we just have to pass it off. And the best example is that was the Rams last year against the Seahawks because I've talked about four four by one concepts and Schottenheimer tried. <laughs> he tried to run some, and it was like it was a clinic tape. It really was watching the Rams pass that stuff off and communicate it. It helps having Ramsey. Don't get me wrong. We've all said it. It does help having that guy that can truly be isolated, but having just everybody else flood all those other zones, that's stuff that you think that guy's going to pop. That seems going to pop. That swing's going to pop. And all of a sudden it's like, shoot, you know, that, there's a guy near there. It, it, it sucks as a quarterback. That sucks. Cause also now you go, well, our whole game plan is these types of concepts. Oh boy. Now, I thought there was going to be a couple clean throws, some gimme throws as a quarterback. You don't want to, you don't want to make a God tier throw every time you, you want to do that once or twice a game. Not every series have to do that just to create an explosive play. And that's what that defense makes you do sometimes. I think for a football layman though, you'd think of man, a guy like that can be one-on-one -on -one with the receiver and you think, pressure concepts on third down i can play man yep. coverage but the idea of using that guy in zone on that back lock back side as a way to redistribute your resources in coverage rather than yep. with pressure that to me is so interesting when you watch yes. them last year watching ramsey locked on the back side on guys and just think about it just think about one guy on an island and then everyone else over here that island you typically think man coverage first, but now it's just a different way to think about it. And I think structurally, it's so interesting when you see it in practice. It really is. And to, to Nate's point, it's all about upsetting the timing of the quarterback. And yep. you'll pull up film, you know, and you'll watch. And, you know, if you have an understanding of what the offense is trying to do in your head, you may be working through the progression. And all of a sudden you'll see a wide receiver maybe break open on a dig but the ball's already been out because it's checked down because the quarterback said, Hey, first look wasn't there. Second look was iffy. I'm not sure about that. I'm just going to go ahead and take this hitch. I'll go ahead and just take this over the ball route and we'll take our four and a half yards tight end. Go make a play for me, please. Give me the last yeah. four yards, you know, running back, make a guy miss, 
because I can't, I'm not confident in myself as a quarterback to be able to fit the ball into a window. I was expecting to have maybe two or three yards of space to throw a guy into versus I've got to put this right on his numbers. If we're going to have a chance to complete this pass. And really, and this was even match coverage, but it was more just kind of like uh, uh, zigging whenever else is zagging kind of thing was and Deontay. And I know Robert, you saw it too, was uh, especially on third and long, third and extra long teams just start running that sticks coverage. And I've talked about this before is why I was intrigued at first by Matt Nagy because I heard about it was that he rather what defense was doing. Like I said, defense became cover playing top down and rallying to tackle on third down. Okay. You'll get 12 yards on third and 15, but you're still three yards short. Hey, it's third and 10. You get eight yards and they're, they're fine doing that. So there's still teams that do it on third and extra long. But he said, rather than trying to do this whole blocking and everyone protect, or uh, we'll do some gimmicky play where we hook and ladder and try and get the first down. He said, I have Tyreek Hill. It was Alex Smith at the time. I have Tyreek Hill. Bombs away, baby. Hey, you want to play top down? All right, I'm going to go over the top of your top. <laughs> and but the same type of thing. It was that was kind of like a little inkling that was like offenses are like, all right, stop being efficient. Let's look for explosive plays. And yes. I think that was one of those things. That was just one little instance of why offenses now are going like, yeah, it's not. It's no use. It's like we talked about on the the offenses podcast, uh, Robert. Yeah, getting four yards in a run game is great, but you know what's even better? Getting 12 yards. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, okay, we might – hey, if we get two four-yard gains on three runs, okay, all right, that's not bad. It's sufficient two out of three times. But if you get one 20-yard gain on those three runs, okay, I'd like that better. That's two first downs I just earned right there. And I think that's what – it's funny is defenses go, oh, we're going to make you be efficient. And now offenses are going, no, we don't like that. Let's try and be more explosive. And it's just – I think it's just, you know, it's just going to keep going and keep going and keep going the next year, next two years, next three years. I was going to say that's the tug of war. And when I was watching these clips, what I was expecting to see was quarterbacks be a little bit more willing to take the fade or to take yep. the post yep. and offenses be more willing to call for the fade and call for the post. And I just think that maybe offenses aren't all the way there yet. They're still maybe kind of trying to find their comfortability with getting back to some of those seven step drop concepts, the mill yes. concepts, like you were saying, you know, not looking for shallow crossers anymore. Um, and if you look at maybe some of like the adjusted depth of target by coverage, you will see that it is a tick up against quarters coverage and what it is against cover three. So I think the quarterbacks are able to process a little bit of, okay, I see the shell and I know that the dig should be there. You know, I, maybe I want the dig, but it's going to, it's going to take a little bit of time for offensive coaches to get away from, Hey, let's get away from these middle of the field close beaters and get back yeah. to some of the stuff that we were seeing when teams were running Tampa two, when teams were running old school yes. cover four. And that's what I think the next kind of, you know, trade off in this tug of war is going to be. It's also interesting because it feels like those supernova quarterbacks become such an important part of that equation, right? Because if you want the guy to look at the deep post or look at some of those more explosive routes first, having these guys that can place it anywhere on the field at any time becomes such an advantage when you have to shift that type of thinking. Yes. And that, and that's, we talked about when you play against two man, what two man makes you do is either quarterback scramble or quarterback, make a ball or throw, like hit that sail ball or hit that bender. Same type of thing is it's sometimes quarterbacks. We've been drilled, 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 be efficient and every possession with a kick and every, this, you know, Oh, Hey, take, nothing wrong with taking a check down and living another day, all this stuff. But now it's becoming more back to the old school thinking. It's funny. This is more like seventies football thinking. Okay. A pick, a pick Lift can off, happen, baby. Yeah, but let's bombs away on this. Let's go. Let's go. And that's awesome. And we're going to like that more efficient, like just bombs away offense. Or teams are finding the concepts that they like. But like you said, Deontay, that's such a good point is that it's hard for some of these coaches to all of a sudden go like, oh, yeah. Okay, maybe picks aren't that bad. Or maybe a deep sack. We're going to have to take a couple licks. Like we're, we're going to have to eat more sacks if we're going to live this way. But we're, gonna, we're already seeing it. I think offenses, we get younger coaches that are more willing to do this. It's it's just going to – and quarterbacks that are willing to make these throws, it's only going to get better. Like it's just – you're going to see more better from the offense perspective. I'm sorry, Deontay. But That's why I'm so pumped. That's why I'm so excited to watch well, Herbert because it's ga- it's now you have a quarterback like that playing in an offense for a head coach that designs these types of defenses and it just feels like this weird interplay that's almost going to be this experiment that i'm really looking forward to exactly exactly 
It's actually it's funny because now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, football is probably the last one of this party. Because if you think of the other major sports, what is everybody doing in baseball now? It's launch angle. Yep. Launch yep. angle, launch angle, Home launch runs or walks, three, baby. Three, Home runs, three, strikeouts, three, walks. Exactly. Yeah. We're either hitting a 440-foot bomb or you're striking me out or I'm taking a walk. In basketball, yep. it's we're not going to battle with all these set defenses now. We come down, you know, if only six seconds have gone off on the shot clock, but you got a clean look from three, from 29 Let's feet. Go. Just shoot the ball. That's the best shot we're going to get. Let's not try to be perfect. Let's be explosive and we'll live with the variance that comes with that Mm -hmm. offense now, you know, and it was, it makes sense strategically. They're playing cover three. Everybody's deep. Just check it down. Just check it down. You know, we can all feel good about that. Nobody gets fired when you check it down. Right. But but now we're we're moving into an era where that's just not going to be sufficient. But yeah, nobody gets fired, you know, when you check it down in cover three. But I think that now it's just not sufficient. It's time to uh, take those shots, play the variance game, you know, be a yep. legend, take take the chance. It if is. It works. It works. If it works, you can be the 2018, 2019, 2020 Chiefs. If yep. it doesn't, hey, you may get close enough. You can still be the 2020 Bills. You know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. We talked we talked about on the offense podcast, Robert, about like. The Chiefs are one of the teams. They can get away with a lot because of Mahomes, but other teams are going to do it. I've seen Green Bay do it. I've seen Buffalo do this. I've seen a few other really good offenses do it. They're tying in more deeper concepts with quick game protection, with five-man protection. And that's because defenses got so good about the rules of the offense and the timing of the quarterback that now it's like, well, now we got we to gotta fuck with that. <laughs> now we got to screw up their timing. Now we got to extend the routes. We got to run more vertical routes with all five eligibles getting out there and not just a running back on a check down that our linebacker can go, okay, I can, I can sink, I can sink. All right, I'll drive on it. It's no threatening, threatening verticality. And what verticality is, is explosive place. And that what it is, is gash or be gashed. And it's awesome. I think it's going to be fun because we get to see awesome pressures. We get to see speed on defense. No one hates speed. And that's me as a Wisconsin Badger. And no Badger one hates quarterbacks that. with howitzers either. I mean, that's that's yeah. the fun part about Big this. athletic quarterbacks making yep. awesome plays. Yeah, let's do that. So I think it, that's what's so cool. I think I, I think NFL football and just football in general is going in a really cool direction. And to be clear, that, that works for the defensive end as well. You know, yep. more pressures, more sacks, more sack strips, more interceptions. I think that that's it's time to play the variance game in the sport. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what this tug of war is going to be like over the next decade or so. Yeah. Awesome. Gentlemen, that was a fantastic conversation. Sincerely appreciate your time, Deontay. We could not have done that without you. Literally, we could not have done that without <laughs> <We> you. <couldn't. laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure it will not be the last time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I would sincerely appreciate that. Please subscribe to our new Apple bonus content if you'd like. I answered some listener questions. Those are available there. We're going to be rolling one of those out every single week. I think you guys will enjoy it, but the normal feed will still be coming your way. I've had some people have questions about that. The podcast will still be coming to you in the way that it always has, so do not fret. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. We have a ton of great stuff, as always, going up. Ted had a really good conversation with Mike Kafka that's on the site this week. Endless stream of great football, knowledge, content, everything on The Athletic. If you are not subscribed, I do not know what you're doing. We will be back next week, hopefully with a guest. I have not finished booking one, but it sounds like we're going to make that happen. I know Nate and I will be back with Lindsay, so at the very least, be ready for that. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy your weather. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.